Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And now, the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasova, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Bonus time in the Ben Jarofsky show. As I speak, it's Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. Uh, I'm going to take a deep dive on a subject we really haven't taken a deep dive on yet. Uh, it's one uh, very important to the city of Chicago. But before I do, I'll tell you what's in the news. So if you're listening a year from now, you know what's going on in the city of Chicago. So this is kind of related. <laughs> this falls under the category of stupid things that Chicago does as opposed to dealing with its real issues. Okay? Which is like I've become an expert on that since moving to Chicago in 1981. Stupid things that Chicago does in order to avoid dealing with its real problems. I want to give a shout out to Neil Steinberg, uh, ace columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times. He wrote a, uh, <laughs> a column, very funny column, about NASCAR coming to the city of Chicago. And the headline is, wait, people pay for this? So uh, here's the opening lead. Uh, here's the opening from uh, Neil's uh, story. So NASCAR, the National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, roaring around downtown Chicago in less than two weeks. I, not A nightmare I've come to think of as Lori's Revenge. The Lori in that sentence, of course, is Lori Lightfoot, former mayor of the city of Chicago, who somehow or other convinced herself that it would be a good idea to turn over prime real estate at the heart of the loop, right on the lakefront, where thousands and thousands of Chicagos would ordinarily be thronging to, I don't know, enjoy the park, enjoy the lake, enjoy walking down the sidewalk, going to the Art Institute, going to the Field Museum, doing all the things that Chicagoans would want to do. No, 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 no. What we're going to do is... We're going to cut your access off to that. We're going to build a giant race course for NASCAR. And now I know most of you people in the city of Chicago don't even know what NASCAR is, nor do you like it. But trust me. <laughs> oh, God. Trust me. It's going to be good. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you a tip. I'm older than most of you listeners. I've been living in the city of Chicago since 1981. When a mayor of the city of Chicago says, trust me, go in the opposite direction. What a boondoggle this baby is. Uh, Neil Steinberg took the deep dive. 
And by the way, Chicagoans know it's a boondoggle. That's one thing about Chicagoans, they put up with these mayors, but they know. I give you credit, Chicago. You still you, you voted for some dumb mayor. You made some dumb decisions in electing certain mayors. But you know they're dumb decisions when uh, you make them. So at least you know that. Uh, here's what uh, Neil had to write. Ticket prices sail off into the stratosphere. Reserve seats start at $465. Something called the Pit Road Terrace begins at $1,265. And what is the Pit Road Terrace? Quote, open-air deck with great views of Pit Road and the start-finish line, end of quote. Which makes you wonder where plain old general admission gets you. The same open-air, one hopes. Pretty funny, Neil Steinberg. Listen, man, if you can't laugh at the stupid things our, our leaders do. By the way, Lori Lightfoot's long gone. She was defeated, if you recall, Chicago, uh, in the first go-around. She didn't even make the runoff, in part, I'm sure, for because of things like this. Mayor Brandon Johnson, if you're listening, please get rid of NASCAR as soon as you can. Okay? Just let people in Chicago enjoy their lakefront. It's supposed to be open and free. You know what I mean? That's the whole concept. It's not supposed to be blocked off for a race. I know you block it off for Lollapalooza. I know you love bringing in the rock concerts. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I raised the white flag in that years ago. But NASCAR? Come on, Brandon Johnson. Get rid of that. Get, get yourself a good lawyer. Look through the contract. Find the vulnerable language and get rid of it. All right. Enough for me on that subject. I'm going to ask my distinguished guest to introduce himself, and then away we go. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. My name is Andre Thompson. I'm a bus operator out of 103rd. Uh, I'm a part of Local 241 Union, Transit Union, and I've been working for CTA since 1988, full-time in 1992, 30 years full-time. And the rest of it was a summer student and part-time operator. Bus operator. So you started in 1988, is that correct? Yes. Wow, that's a long time ago, ladies and gentlemen. Man's been working for the CTA. So let me uh, do a little uh, back end before we get to the front end, how it is uh, that Andre Thompson uh, is a guest on my show. So I think it was, I've lost track of time. Uh, like Maybe three weeks ago? Yeah, three weeks ago. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the man's a bus driver, so he's really no schedules. It was about three weeks ago. Uh, we did a first Tuesday show, Maya and myself, uh, at a bar in the north side, uh, Nighthawk, about the CTA. We had Camp Buckner there, Linda Lopez, an activist. And so, uh, you know, I've been covering the city politics for 41 years. I'm the man who knows everything. You know, I'm Mr. Politics in the city of Chicago. So I was just going to do a typical first Tuesday where I interviewed a guest and have a conversation with a guest. And then it was clear to me that there were a lot of people in the audience who knew a lot more about the CTA than I would ever know. And why did I come to that conclusion, Chicagoans? Because they were wearing CTA uniforms and they were like dying to talk. <laughs> One of them was Andre Thompson. So I leaned over to my, I go, let's bring that, let's start the question and answer period faster than we usually do. Cause I can't wait to hear these CTA employees. And one after another, they got up there and they took the mic and they let us, <laughs> poor Cam Buckner, the man, they acted like Cam Buckner was the mayor of the city of Chicago. Uh, they were grilling him, <laughs> but uh, he took it good. He took it well. Anyway, uh, as soon as the meeting was over, I uh, got Andre's number. I go, oh, you have to come on the show 
uh, and explain things to folks. So, Andre, thank you very much. No problem. Uh, for, um, doing that. All right. So why don't you just start a little bit about uh, your life as a bus driver and uh, what that entails, the hours you work, the route you uh, you take, uh, and just like sort of just give some folks a general sense of what a bus driver's life is like. Well, basically, my whole career been the entire South Side. I never worked the North Side garages. It's seven garages, two on the North Side, two on the West Side, and three on the south side. So basically, I worked pretty much my entire career on the south side. Uh, the the routes I've worked, the uh, Archer, Weston, basically everything that comes out of south side. I worked everything that comes out of 95th train station, which is State Street, 111, 112, uh, 108 Halsted, uh, uh, 95th East and West. 103rd East and West. Um, I worked the 14 Jeffrey Express, uh, 71st Street. I worked every route. I worked Michigan. One, uh, also worked to 119 Michigan bus. So I worked everything uh, that's, that they have. You know, when you a bus operator, you got to learn every route. Because, you know, you when you first start, you don't have much seniority. So you, you be on the board. So you basically will take any route that when an operator take off, you will get his run. So basically, you have to be versed on all the runs. Well, I, I you would when you went on that uh, recitation, uh, Andrea, I had flashbacks of every time I've been on one of those buses. That Archer bus is no joke. Until they built the uh, what is it, the Orange Line? They went out there. That was the bus, ladies and that gentlemen. That bus. would go to the southwest side. <laughs> And it'd be rolling. Uh, that was the main means for the people that were southwest to get downtown until the Orange Line was built. And the Archie bus still is in existence for the, uh, the comm- commuters. Yeah, no, I, I've been on it. The Huck Finn Donut Shop. Every time we go by the Huck Finn Donut Shop, I start salivating. Uh, I see, you know what I mean, with the big sign, the Huck Finn Donuts. Uh, and that Jeffrey bus. Oh, my goodness. I've been on that Jeffrey bus a it, few it times. It stayed busy. This state is yes. impact. Yeah. So bus driving is key uh, to, I believe, life and commerce in the city of Chicago because the subway and the uh, the L can't go everywhere. So if you want to have a thriving well, well, the economy. L, the, L couldn't, the L couldn't exist without the buses because guess what? Uh, you've been around Chicago long. The L's always have some type of malfunction or some type of breakdown or some type of station upgrade and when it happens the buses come and take the l people to the next l station or take them somewhere else wherever they need to go so we 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 are a team major team uh and there, just so you know i learned this before we begin the interview so i'm not like mr know everything two separate unions one for no the, no, uh, no no two separate locals the, the two l separate and the buses are the same in the same union and as a matter of fact the L is the bus's sister local. They are little sister local. So we can't, we are negotiate together. We the only, it's like 19 unions on CTA property and we the only ones that negotiate our contracts together. Always been like that. I sit corrected. I meant two separate locals. Uh, and I love how you, they're the little sister. Well, I'm, I, why are there more of you than them? Is that why you say that? Yes. It's okay. like 3,000 of them, 6,500 of us. Oh, okay. Uh, 6,500 bus drivers. Wow. Okay. So, uh, and 
I recall when uh, Mayor Rahm finally got around uh, to fixing the South Side Red Line. If you remember this, this was yeah, I was talking. Remember how the buses picked up? There were more bus routes to accommodate for people who couldn't take the red line because they shut the red line down south of the loop. And I remember a lot of people were saying, Andre, oh, my God, it's faster with the buses than it was with the funky train tracks that weren't <laughs> completely fixed. Remember? Remember that was the reaction? Yeah. Like some people were saying, well, just I keep the buses those routes, man. They had them out there rolling. They went right from 95th to 55th to connect to the green line. And they had them rolling every every few minutes, like a like a well-oiled machine of buses. And by the way, fixing that red line, I'm not going to get political here, but fixing that red line at, right before the 2015 election, uh, along with Barack Obama's endorsement, I believe is the reason Rahm Emanuel won re-election, in my humble opinion. Finally getting around to repairing the, the red line was a key component of his campaign. So again, CTA is is embedded in the politics of Chicago, Andre. Do you follow what I'm saying? Big time. Well, everybody got to understand, the CTA employees, frontline employees, they cover the entire city. So we service the entire city of Chicago. So I, I feel like the bus operation and train operation is very important to everyone who lives here and all the employees we the key to, to making all this work. Uh, yeah. Well, you wouldn't know that from the way Ron was pounding his chest. I remember he wrote a column for the New York Times where he's basically like he was driving the trains himself. He was driving the buses. He was making fun of New York because they were having transit issues. He goes, here in the city of Chicago, I got things under control. I'm like, it's okay. You acting like you are the bus driver. You're not. Um, all right. So I want, uh, I would like you to contrast what, Life was like as a bus driver and uh, when you started in the uh, 80s, late 80s, and then going into the early 90s with what it's like right now in 2023. When I first started, it was a great job to have. It was a lot of, and the employees was much more uh, enthused about working for the company. You know, management was really worked well with us at that particular time. They wasn't so harsh. It took one person called a superintendent to run the whole garage. So we're not too happy no more. A lot of our benefits are shrunk. We're paying more for our benefits. Uh, the employees are unhappy. The routes are much more stressful. Uh, we used to be able to get 20, 30 minutes at the end of the line on some of the long routes. So that means you could do whatever you need to do as far as recovering from a long hour and 30, 20 minute route. Now you only have like seven minutes, four minutes. And that's really hard on a human condition. It's mine and his body. Uh, bathroom breaks are stressful. A lot of routes don't even have brick and mortar bathrooms. So some of these porta potties, they're just impossible to use in the wintertime. Uh, they're unsanitary. Uh, just imagine it's 15 below zero and you're a female and it's a porta potty with a broken lock. You go in there, everything frozen. It's unsafe. It's dark. So we didn't used to have to deal with these things back in the day, but now it's just really hard on uh, on the frontline employees. Even with the AL, some of the facilities, the bathrooms not working properly. Uh, the employees would go long stretches without the bathroom being repaired. 
So we under a lot of stress. You know, imagine working a job where you don't feel good, but you can't take off. If you take off, you can take off, but you're going to be disciplined for taking off. So, you know, we just go through a lot, a lot of mental stressful issues working for the CTA. Whether, and then we up against our own union officials who we elect to protect us. And they ride, they ride along with the CTA to help keep us in line, help us, help us stay afraid, help us stay fearful, continue to take our union dues and continue to serve the CTA president, Dorval Cotter, which is unheard of. They, they are not serving the membership and the membership is the one who's making all this sacrifices for the company. It's like every year it's get worse and worse. And the, the morale for the employees is at all time low. In my opinion, a lot of people don't even want to be here no more. And this is one of the reasons why they're having a hard time finding people. You know, the conditions at the CTA working conditions are very stressful, very hard and very rigid. When you get employed, you think this is a career job. And then you realize it's just a job like working at McDonald's or something of that nature. Because some of these uh, jobs, a good percentage of them, they don't have no benefits. Uh, you're working part-time hours and some of them work 40 hours and don't get no days off, no paid days off, no paid sick, no, no sick days, no vacation. So, and this is the job that when you get, you're supposed to prosper. So the neighborhood can prosper. The neighborhoods, which a lot of these people live in, which is the poor neighborhoods, West and South side of Brown people. Uh, so they get these jobs and then it's a part-time job. It's rough on them. And so it really don't help the neighborhood when you get a CTA job and it's part-time and then you don't have no benefits, uh, no vacation. You can't take off. And the ones who are full-time, you still have to go through discipline if you decide you're going to not come to work. You give me a lot to follow up on. Uh, let's deal with the, before we get to the part-time, let's deal with the you can't take off can't take time off what do you mean by that it's called we have to enter something called a sick book so when you enter the sick book if you don't have fmla a family medical leave act if you say your stomach hurting or you got a headache you don't feel good you want to go in and say i don't want to work or you call i don't want to come in today you're going to get disciplined for that day and if you get six of those days in a 12-month period you're going to get fired so basically, you have to really have, you have to plan. It's really hard to plan being sick, you know. So a lot of employees, they go get FMLA, and so they use it, and that causes another ripple effect with the service, you know, because they got FMLA, they'll take off when they need to because they don't feel good. Or they just have a bad headache or a bad stomach ache. Sometimes you just... You, you know, most jobs, you can go in and say, hey, boss, I don't feel good today. Well, go ahead, take take your, get yourself together and come back tomorrow. Not at the CTA. It's discipline. You know, a lot of a lot of employees try to plan surgeries and things around a vacation and things of that nature. So you keep mentioning the Family Leave Act, uh, FMLA. Uh, so what does that mean? What's the difference between taking a day off through Family Leave Act and just... Well, employees who had that because it's protected by the government, once they use the FMLA procedure, they don't get disciplined. They're, they're, it's, not a, it's not a mark against their record. But anybody who doesn't have it, like myself, I don't have it. So, you know, because I don't have no... I didn't have no major surgeries planned or I don't have no uh, major illnesses in my body. I'll, if I take off, I'm going to have to go see the boss. 
You know, I mean, you can take off, but you're going to have to see the boss and they're going to tag you. So if you have a flu, let's say you have the flu. Okay. I'm not even going to say COVID. Let's just say you have the flu. You have a 102 degree fever. You have to call your boss and ask for the day off. If you do that six times, you're fired? In the years, in, in a 12-month period. But if you had a flu, uh, you'll go in. You'll get, you get off. But you, when you come back, it's going to be counted against you. So you, if you had a flu and you need five days off, you get the five days off. You come back with a doctor statement. You got to come have a doctor statement. And then you, you come back and you're going to get charged with a sick book entry. So six of those in a year, you'll be fired. So it's really rough on employees. And, and the job itself is actually making a lot of employees sick because when you deal with empl- uh, passengers from an hour and a half, hour, 20 minutes a route, and then you only have seven to four minutes to turn around and go back, it's, 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 it can be uh, extremely stressful on your body. So you become, you be ill. A lot of employees will take off because of that. They need a break. They need a blow. You know, they just need a break from driving. And uh, they trying to make the schedules for the CTA because the schedules turn so rigid, rigid that they just, they didn't used to have to do this. You know, this is one of the things that the employees are complaining about. We need more time at the end of the line to be able to use the bathroom because we can use the bathroom at the end of the line, but you do. You have to make a decision. When I go to the bathroom, I'm going to come out late. I'll be late, 10 minutes late. So now you're 10 minutes late trying to make the schedule. So a lot of guys will try to hold as much as they can until they can find a time where they feel like they can go, which is crazy. You should be, if the, if we had more time, 10, 20 minutes at the end of the line, this wouldn't even be an issue. You know, and then we'll be able to have more time if we have to go across to a gas station with a route that didn't have any bathrooms, then we can go over there and relax and take the bathroom break and come on back and everything's on time. But they don't they they don't cut the routes down. And what they do is when they do this for the operators, they get an extra trip out of them with the same pay. So we working more and uh, we're not getting paid more. So they just get more work out of us for the same pay which causes stress, which is causes the operators to want to take off, which causes operators, a lot of the new ones quit because of the working conditions that they have to encounter once they're on their own with the public, with safety. Uh, Kim Buckner at your uh, meeting that you had at the bar, one of his so- solutions was, you know, CTA need more eyes, but he was picking the wrong eyes. The CTA need more eyes of employees watching the CTA. Police is not the solution when you got a train with one person and he's trying to be safe for the whole eight cars. When it was two, two people, two person crews, you have one person driving and then one person watching out opening doors and he can do other, other, other little things along the route if something come up. So the train operator now is under a lot of major stress trying to operate the train for a car train and trying to deal with issues that come about with the train. So he had to do all that by himself when it used to be two, two person crews, when they can, that helps stress, that help relieve some of the stress and safety. It's, it's, it's much safer. All right. We'll, we'll get into the security issue in a little bit, but let me just finish up with where we're going. So 
they got this insane obsession with bus drivers going to the bathroom. It's weird. It's really weird. Uh, does not speak well. It's weird. Is it weirder the obsession the CTA bureaucrats have with bus drivers going to the bathroom? Is that weirder than turning over that chunk of the lakefront for NASCAR? I would say the obsession with the bathroom is weirder. Okay. And okay, Andre, because it plugs into the way this way. For as long as I can remember, mayors and the bureaucrats they appoint to run the CTA, and this goes with the schools too, but let's concentrate on the CTA looking for ways they could tell the public we're cutting the cost. They're upset. They want to be able to say they're cutting the cost. So they got to figure it out, as I understand it. If they limit the time that the Andre Thompsons of the world have to go to the bathroom at the end of a run, then they could say to the public, we're making Andre work more. That's more efficient for you. But poor Andre's bladder's bursting, you know. Who cares? Is that that is my understanding that that's that's what the mentality is. Uh, and before you answer that question, wait, before you answer that question, let me just say this. This man, Andre Thompson, was kind enough to come on my show. I should have said this at the outset. He's got First Amendment protected rights, CTU, excuse me, CTA. Do not punish him for speaking his mind. I have to say this whenever a city worker or municipal employee comes on the show, Andre, because this city, I know how this city thinks and how they operate. So this man has a First Amendment protected right to say what he wants to say and speak his mind. Go ahead, Andre. And a lot of employees are scared to speak their mind because they feel like they're going to be retaliated against. And I have been retaliated against for speaking my mind. And it's been by the union officials. I've been targeted numerous times of trying to be fired by the help of the union. But because I know my job, they wasn't able to get me. And with this bathroom issue, you know, this is one of the main things the employees gripe about. Uh, and it's not, it can't, in our mind, it can't be a money issue because the CTA gets, it's a billion dollar company. It gets, you know, billions of dollars from the state, federal government, and the city. So, you know, to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on projects, but then won't spend uh, money on the bathroom for the employees, it's, it shows that they don't have a, a respect for the employees that they that, that make the company go. And this this is really a simple thing, but, you know, it's not being addressed. And this is something that's been going on, going on for some years with us. And we being silent because the people that's supposed to protect us won't speak up for us. You know, it was one president that spoke up, Tommy Sams, on the bathroom issues. Uh, and we haven't had nobody after that speak up for the bathroom issues for the employees. You know, they put the media goes directly to the union to speak for all the employees instead of speaking to the employees. And if they were to speak to employees, they would get a different tone. You know, the employees are just 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 disgusted with what's happening to them as they work the job for the CTA. All right, so you mentioned that it was different when you started. Do you have a rough idea? You've been working for CTA since 88. So let's just follow me, folks. That's, let me do the math. That's 35 years. Uh, and so do you have a rough idea where things started to take a turn for the worse? When they started just want to tighten up on uh, making the employees more robotic, making them work more, uh, 
you know, not giving them days off. Because when I start, I can go and, ch and uh, check for my run and say, I don't feel good. And they be like, you can go home. We'll take you one of your vacation days and pay you, you know, or you can just go home with a day off. No problem. Or I could say, look, I need Friday off and it's Monday. They'll just say, okay, no problem. You, you can take your day off. You know, now you have to plan a day off. If you want a Friday off, you got to plan like 30 days in advance. And they only give like seven people off. So everybody else, they only own. So it's, it, the whole mindset of it is robotic, it's stressful, and it's really, it, the working conditions, it's really rough on the basic employees because I couldn't imagine people don't understand what we go through when we work for the CTA and they can take off from their job for a, a family issue or things like that. And the employees of CTA, they got to go through a lot of drama. I mean, my, fa my father died in the past and I had to write a letter explaining that my father died. When I first started, you could just say death in the family and they give you 30 days off if you need to, re to grieve. Now, you know, they don't, they only give you the standard three days and you're on your own after that. This is, this is, this is why so many people, when they hire a lot of these new people, they get the job and then they see what's going on and then they leave the job. Despite the pay, because people think that bus drivers get or train operators get a lot of money per hour, but a good percentage of that is going into paying for your benefits. So you get probably 20% or some somewhere up in there. Well, basically, we see around 51% of our income. The rest of it goes to paying for benefits. So it's get, it gets rough. You got to work overtime all the time to make a living. What does a, a CTA bus driver make uh, when, when once the benefits... Once you take out for the benefits. Once you take out, uh, I probably would say I'm gonna estimate probably around twenty one dollars an hour once they take out because it's it's like a thirty nine thirty eight dollar an hour job. So I'm I'm just I'm not a mathematic person on this, but I'm gonna just say around twenty 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 to two dollars. But when you look at your check, they give you a little pie chart, and when I look at the pie chart, the pie chart is it's a fifty one percent. And the other percentage is going towards benefits and taxes. So that's not, you know, you work, that's not a lot to work with when you think you're going to get 80% of your check and you don't, you don't get that much. So a lot of, a lot of people say this ain't worth, this job ain't worth it with the safety issues and the major disrespect that the people have to, the operators and the uh, employees have to deal with and the lack of safety that the CTA is providing for the operators and the passengers. It's a joke. Uh, and uh, uh, do you work a forty-hour week? Yep, I have to. So it's I did a, I did the math on by a forty-hour week, to, and so it's actually more. But it's seventy-nine thousand dollars a year uh, before you lose. That's around the base. Yeah, and and then that's before. Yeah, and that's before they take out for the benefits, etc. It's about forty-five thousand take home. All right. Um, so what I was asking you, we can move on from this if you don't know the answer, but what I was specifically asking you is roughly when, like, when did you see this change started? When did they become, uh, started treating you as you were robots? Probably when Ryan Emanuel when took over and he brought in, uh, Huberman. And then after that, uh, it just went downhill from there, you know, uh, Especially went down here after Dorval Carter took over. As far as I'm concerned, he's he's the worst in my opinion. It's bad when the public wants you out. <laughs>
Yeah, no, actually, I must, in, uh, in defense of Rom, words I never thought I'd say, uh, I believe Daly was the one who brought Huberman into the CTA, and then Daly moved Huberman. He did such a bang-up job at the CTA, <laughs> uh, sarcasm intended, uh, that they moved him to the, the <laughs> they, I'm not making this up, Andre. They moved him to the Board of Ed. Hey, here you go. You ruined the, the trains. Go work at the schools. Okay, boss. Uh, <laughs> they gave him a raise, too. I'll never forget that, Andre. They gave Huberman a raise. He got more money at the board than he was getting at the CTA. You Claypool wasn't no better. Oh, All right. So, in other words, it was uh, the early O's that, that, yeah, that's when Daly was kicking in with the privatization, uh, and he was trying to hold a line, yeah, uh, on expenditures, spending money. Um, Look, we got we, – Oh, my goodness. It's man, all, we got employees, that, we got oh, employees at CTA that have been working for 10 years. And still part time. Ten years. Can you imagine that? Ten years. They don't get no, no pension, no uh, days off, no no uh, health benefits. Uh, they, they get they get no dental. You know, and they they're here for ten years. This um that's just really sad. And how do a work? So do they get the same thirty eight dollars an hour to drive the bus? No, they they this this uh this is at the diff this on the rail side. People who who greet the employee, uh, uh, greet the customers when they come in. They sit out there and say, you know, when you come in, they check your transfers and things, or check your, uh, they work at the train booths. Some of those employees are part time and been part time for years, and the, the guy next to him doing the same exact job is full time. So now you have a, a different level of intention between employees because I mean, they doing the same job. And one is full time, one is part time, and it shouldn't even be like this. So everybody should be. It should be full time. All jobs at the CTA should be full time. This it will improve safety. This will improve the community. This will improve the overall morale because they're working for something, and they and they and they feel good about coming to work. So, you know, this is this is not good. What's happening right now is not good for the employees. We feel very unappreciated by. The upper upper management of CTA, uh, uh, we just we just want better for things for ourselves and for the passengers, for safety of the passengers. All right, so uh, let's deal with safety now. Uh, we'll talk. We'll start with the trains. We'll, we'll get the buses later. Uh, and uh, one CTA employee after other uh, at uh, the first Tuesday's show we did, uh, where I met Andre. Uh, talked about getting rid of the conductor on the um, elevated on the subway, and <laughs> I think that actually happened in the nineties. Want to say, Andre? It happened in the nineties. I could be wrong, but my memory is a funny thing. When you get old, everything mixes up. But I want to say it happened in the nineties, and it's a typical thing in Chicago. I began the show talking about don't ever believe anything a mayor says when it's great. When it happened, oh, this is going to be great. We're going to save money and more people will be working more efficiently. I'm like, oh, look out. So what was the logic behind getting rid of the conductors? Explain that. And then what's the practical impact? of it? I guess in their mind was to save money, but I don't think it was saved anything. Uh, I guess it was uh, to be more efficient of, uh, having one person do the job of something to take two people to do. So you got all these trains with two people. Now you got all these trains with one person. 
and that doubled the load on that trained person. And it's really, 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 really hard for that person to be able to do the job efficiently and safely watching eight cars and being able to deal with from the back car way to the front car. Anything to go on, they have to deal with that. When they had the two-person conducted crews, it was more easier for the employee to deal with things that came up, make schedule, you know, keep safety. If they see something, they can say something. And we had a direct communication with the CTA, unlike the security guards who do not. We we had radios that connect right to the to the CTA control. We could say, hey, it's a problem. You send the police. But these hundred million dollar security guard contract that they got, they don't have a direct uh, line to police. They don't have a direct line to the CTA. Only, and they, I think they have to use their own personal cell phones if they really want to call. But I don't think they encourage to call the uh, call unless it's like really something going on. And they, the visibility of them is not good. So I was, I was, you know, it's funny. I was explaining this to my wife. I came running home from the meeting. I go, "Oh my God, yeah, they took away that conductor." And she was trying to remember back to the nineties. <laughs> a little long stretch. Uh, so okay, so there's the the. There's the driver, use the pr proper terminology. I call him the driver who sits in the booth, is, does not interact with the public, driving the train. The conductor. That, okay, they call him a conductor. So the, uh, there's another conductor who's actually on the train walks and, and talks to human beings and is sort of the CTA's person on the train. He controls the doors, look out the window, you know, things of that nature. While the, while the, train, can, the train operator, the only thing he can do he can concentrate on driving the train and other little tasks that may take place while he's driving the train. But the person that was working the window, he was really the heart and soul of the train because he would walk the trains, you know. And when you had a person that's the, the second conductor walk the trains, that's visibility for the people. Guess what? The person is driving the train. He ain't going to walk the train because he's driving the train. So the people get comfortable with nobody watching them. They, they decide they're going to sell weed, smoke cigarettes, harass people, uh, assault people, rape people, you know, because they know no eyes is watching. No, what, nobody's on the train. No, no employee's going to say nothing. That person who walked the train had a radio and he can hit the hit the CTA right away. And the CTA can hit the police department right away and send, send uh, assistance to that train operator. So the person is driving the train. He miss a lot. He missed a lot of safety issues. He might be driving the train to get you from point A to point B, but he can't control all the things that's going on in the train. Smoking, weed, selling uh, drugs, assaulting passengers. And guess what? Who wants to ride a train when they feel like the, the, the criminals have the upper hand? Nobody. And with the bus, you know, we used to have buses where the mayor cut that budget for the CP, CD, the police department to ride the, the buses and they would get out their cars, ride a couple of blocks with the buses. You really don't see that much. You don't see that much anymore because they, they budget been cut from working overtime for the CTA. So it's less police that would be riding the buses. I mean, you still have police around, but they're not focusing on the buses. They would have a team. We used to have a tactical team of police, a Chicago police just for the buses. And a whole day, or the off day, the whole eight-hour shift would be dedicated to the buses.
and the train stations. I, I can't recall seeing a, a police officer in a bus in a long time, but I, I'll tell you what, that riff on the conductors is so true. Mayor uh, Johnson, bring back that second conductor. They were talking at, uh, at the first Tuesday show. One person after another got up and talked about safety on the trains and how crucial safety is on the train. And it's like we had that set of eyes and ears on the train and we got rid of it. Yeah, because if we can't keep ourselves safe or we can't keep a watch on what's going on, that jeopardizes the public safety big time. And the eyes, because the police, they need to be able to focus on real crimes uh, that's happening outside or around the train, on buses. When you have employees that's working, that, that helps big time because we can communicate. And, and the, the, what they do, instead of hiring the conductors, full-time union jobs with benefits that really help a community, follow me on this, Andre. They give out, they give contracts to security companies that, that have these security guards with dogs and they put them on the train and these guys don't like the job's not as good. The con most of the contracts go into the boss, not the worker. We don't even know where the boss lives. The guy who owns the company may not even live in Chicago. There's so there's really no economic development bang for the buck. It's like everything the city of Chicago does when they fire human beings doesn't work seemed, you know what i'm saying Andre? it seems like it's designed Go. to make somebody else rich and not enhance a, a public's the public safety or the public's uh, well-being you know yeah so this, uh, this security card no. uh, security company to me it's a joke you know who wants to be supervised by a bunch of dogs uh, i know i do not uh who wants to be supervised by a security company that don't have a professional system in place to secure the property that they're securing. These security guards are underpaid. They don't have a good system. They seem like they very un well under trained, not trained well. Uh, and they just, they not even, they don't even present themselves in a way that you feel like they real security guards. And the other thing, uh, uh, uh one of this, no, I don't think it was you. It, but there was another CTA person that pointed this out to me and it kind of like, you know, the light goes on when you hear something that makes sense. Uh, and then shout out to Kenny Davis, long time friend uh, and friend of the show who was at the meeting. And he, he picked up on this too. We have eight cars on the subways. Uh, and uh, so one of the guys was saying, why don't like from late at night when ridership is low, cut it down to two cars. <laughs> yeah, that was Eric. Bay. Cut it down to two cars. You know, you got eight cars at two in the morning, Andre, and it's like one car, there's one person in it and no security. You're one. So imagine <laughs> if you have two cars. Imagine how isolated ahead. that passenger on that train is with the criminals. Not, not a good situation, not a comfortable situation. You know, with four cars on the train, that two person crews can really protect that car, watch over everything, make reports. You know, keep safety at uh, at the best that it can be for the employee and for the CTA passenger. Yeah. Uh, but listen, I'm not saying it's really easy running a, a transit system. Lord knows you wouldn't want me anywhere near that job. But it seems to me that some of the actions, to put it mildly, uh, that our leaders have taken over the last 30 years have hurt, not helped. Uh, and we should be in a position of reversing them. Uh, 
Andre, before I could, before I let you go, anything else you want to add? Any other common sense yes, suggestions like you want to offer? Go ahead. I would like to uh, make a statement about uh, the employees. We've been taking care of ourselves. We've been organizing through the Justice Coalition, and we're having a rally that deals with uh, sick benefits, full time for all safety. Uh, we're gonna have a rally at the on July fourteenth at three to four power hour, and it's gonna be at the what transit station is gonna be at? Mm, oh, Forest Park Transit Station. For yeah, Park Forest Park Tran Terminal, and it's gonna be from two from three to four one hour on July fourteenth. Got it. Uh, July fourteenth. All right. Uh, Andre, thank you very much for coming on. CTA, leave him alone. Don't punish him for being a guest on my show. Uh, and let's get you back on in about a month or so. See how, uh, get an update, all right? Okay, no problem. Thanks for having me. Take care, everybody.